0: the corona cast
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah
0: one, one um, of the many many thousands of podcasts being recorded as we speak
1: Welcome to Brian Talks to Humans, a people's podcast about everyday people. Yeah, I guess a lot of podcasting is probably going on right now, as people are social distancing, isolating, quarantining, staying indoors, not wanting to spread the virus. So uh, I wanted to touch base with Comrade Carl. Uh, I've been getting my toes in the water with some political organizing and stuff like that uh, around the crisis I just wanted to touch base with him, see how he was doing, um, so, you know, um, two communists shooting the shit on Zoom, we talk about, uh, life during the crisis, and possible political opportunities that would arise from it, and we play two games, uh, one gotta go, and a little bit of word association, just craving human interaction, and, uh, Zoom is the, the thread by which we are all hanging right now, and if it crashes, then, uh, then it's all over, and so we uh, we hopped on Zoom and did some uh, discussion on the crisis, uh, communist style. Let's take let's talk a little bit about like the like how you're holding up and like what some of the negatives are because there's like some positives I want to talk about, but like like sure. what's life like in social distancing and isolation for you?
0: You know, I feel physically fine. I can't complain about that. Um, You know, I know young people are at risk for the virus, but I feel like I'm in the least statistically likely group. I'm 31 and I don't have any chronic conditions, no Mm -hmm. prior health record. So I'm not somebody who is likely to suffer too much, although it's possible. You never know. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, since I stopped working, I have been isolating out of solidarity with our comrades in the community who are elderly or have chronic conditions Mm -hmm. or... Not wanting to spread this fucking thing, and um, yeah, I feel like the toll is really just my mental health. That's yeah. the number one thing I'm concerned about. Doesn't matter how physically healthy I stay through all this, my mental health definitely suffer. and I think that's going to be a huge thing we're going to have to deal with as a society.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think some of the mental health resources are already getting strained with this stuff. Um, I know I have pretty you know I, I mean i have clinical depression and and it's real easy for me to isolate and just fucking take naps all day and like you know like uh, so getting some sort of even if it's virtual you know human interaction i'm trying to build some of that into my into my each day you know
0: yeah totally i told my parents i have a good relationship with my parents thankfully i said i would give them a daily call so that's nice you know and if there weren't a crisis I would never talk to my parents that frequently ever.
1: Yeah, I'm not a frequent with a uh, guy with that either, but um but yeah, I've been staying a little bit more in touch um especially with my mother. My my dad really doesn't do texting or zooms or anything like that. He's just more of a luddite, but um but one thing that I'm worried about is my mother is one of those people who has like underlying health conditions that would make it uh, like really bad if she got it. So I'm trying to stay away from her in case I'm carrying it, but you know, also, like I kind of want to see her and talk to her, you know, and and she's also getting dragged into work. She works in a municipal government, and they're they're close to the public, but like they're in the building, you know, and uh, right, she's, she's at risk every time she steps out of the house, and it's like it's kind of nerve wracking.
0: Yeah, that is pretty scary. But I think like the ironic thing is we might talk to our, both of our parents more during this than we ever yeah. would have otherwise. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's the one it'll, ironic thing. Uh, it'll improve some family relationships maybe. You know? <laughs> um, I, I, but yeah, yeah, the
0: ones you got to call, if you're actually stuck physically in the house with your family, that might drive some people. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And, and also I, I just saw something and really tragic that domestic abuse cases are up
0: oh Jesus Christ yeah I can't even Mm. that's
1: horrible right yeah I mean this is and I just heard um from you know everybody's got their source but heard from somebody who has a source in the federal government that we might be going pretty much to to lockdown by the weekend like whatever Italy's doing I've been not really trying I've been trying to not really pay attention to the news much what is Italy doing that we're not right now
0: They're on full, I believe, the difference. We still have a little bit of freedom of movement. I mean, I can still take a train or a bus. Um, Some businesses are open. Italy, it's just like everything is closed. Um, You kind of need to like fill out a permission slip, I believe, to go outside. And it just says where you're going. And um, if you don't actually go to where you say you're going, like the supermarket, pharmacy, whatever, you can get a fine. Oh, wow. So it's like the most restrictive form of movement possible
1: mm. with
0: like a large population.
1: Yeah, how do you think that'll go over here?
0: I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people will follow it and engage in like some incredible social solidarity. But just in America, you've got fucking wackos. <laughs> You're going to have like mega pastors, some of these churches that are just yeah. going to be like, yeah that are gonna deny this or have some crazy fucking interpretation like i don't even know what alex jones is telling his listeners oh,
1: but, jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah i didn't even think it but, but uh, it's. Ron
0: paul's I, twitter I, account what's that i checked uh ron paul's twitter account oh jesus and he's telling everyone it's a hoax of course
1: it's crazy <laughs> but you, you mentioned the pastors i just saw a link uh that somebody uh, one of these mega churches just had a service with over a thousand people there uh, in defiance of like the CDC regulations and local ordinances and shit. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, the difference with Italy is it seems like they just have the Catholic church and the Pope is telling people to stay in. So people are (laughs) listening.
1: You know, it's funny. And they're like singing to each other on their balconies and shit like that. And you know, like (laughs) I can, I don't see that happening and. in, in like New York City, I see people. I don't know. I just, I just think of like maybe somebody starting singing and everybody telling them to shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah, I, I could picture that. But you never know. I mean, I'm in a ten-story apartment building. We don't have balconies, so I don't even know how we'll sing to each other. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's um. I guess if you if if speaking of Italy, if you look at them, they're about like whatever eleven or twelve days ahead of us. So it kind of makes sense that we're moving towards what they have, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard for a lot of people who are like, I'm not sick. None of my friends are sick. I don't give a fuck.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think there's already some videos circulating online of people like more like really even people younger than me going out being like, yeah, I'm just going to live my life. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. If I don't, uh, you know, it's my spring break. I'm going to fucking party.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then just the general, American attitude that a lot of folks have of the like, government's not going to tell me what to do, you know? And, and, you know, I don't know. I just, plus they, a lot of those right wingers think it's, it's a hoax anyway that like the media is overblowing it to hurt Trump.
0: Yeah. Well, they should listen to Trump himself now. Who's done an about face in the past couple of days.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was minimizing it and now he's like, you know, treating it like a problem. I don't know. Yeah. And oddly enough, um, Schumer and Pelosi are now to the right of him on, like, (laughs) some form of temporary UBI. (laughs) What the fuck, right?
0: I'm not surprised, like, the fucking lizard brains in the Democratic Party. I mean, there have, last time, like, the Democrats wanted some form of, like, universal program was probably, like, the New Deal. Mm Mm-hmm they've just been like the neoliberal party of means testing. And uh, I don't, it seems like everything the Democrats come up with is like some sort of like hyper means tested scheme Mm. that like would never work.
1: What do you make of a pandemic essentially proving Bernie right on just about every issue and people still voting for Biden?
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's very funny. um I saw one of like the Bernie surrogates on Twitter who just said, "Imagine going out during a global pandemic to vote against Medicare for All." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But that's what thousands of people did for Biden.
1: Man, it was a tough Tuesday for for Bernie, and I, and like I, I just was, I I don't really I haven't been paying too much attention to to news news because it's it's junk. But I was actually frustrated on Tuesday that you know that Biden won places like you know Florida and Illinois that have like a lot of delegates I'm like what the are you fucking kidding me like what's it going to take to to, not again not that Bernie's a messiah but like what's it going to take to prove to people that we need some more you know fundamental systemic change
0: yeah I mean do you think those elections should even be considered valid because this all took place during the middle of a pandemic like obviously that's going to turn a lot of people away from the voting booth. It's true.
1: Yeah. It's I it's hard to it's hard to, you know, to say cuz either way, you know, whoever's in like let's say i don't know the DNC came out tomorrow and said we're voiding uh any any primaries that took place since whatever March 13th or or something like that, right? People would have a fucking fit. The people who did go out and vote, you know? And, yeah, and that might be worse at this point. It would look terrible that you would, like, void the results of democracy, so to speak, right? hmm But the question is, like, should the states have even held them to begin with?
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy, because it's like, we have all these social distancing rules. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we're told not to congregate in groups of more than 10. And then... You look at how many poll sites during normal times are already closed down, how long the the lines are, like Mm in states that voted before the corona outbreak. And you're just like, that's insane if you think that you're not going to get massive crowds of people, especially when a lot of poll workers are elderly and aren't going to come out, so poll sites are going to get shut down. Mm. So it really seems like, to me, I mean, those – the election should just be delayed indefinitely, but um, yeah, I don't know. At this point, maybe just voiding those results is probably worse than keeping them.
1: Mm. So this you mentioned about congregating, and and we're talking a little bit about politics here. It seems to me one of the things that I'm struggling with is I'm sort of got my toes in the water here with some political organizing here and there around what's going on, and the moment calls for a movement it calls for political organizing yet we're not allowed to like meet anywhere in public or be near each other right that that really hampers any uh, any efforts a, a lot right
0: yeah it's extremely difficult and i think you know now is the time more than ever to like if you're still being called into work to strike or to just go home
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but you know at least where we are, I think most workplaces have already shut down. I mean the schools are all all closed in New Jersey. now we're really just organizing for survival more than anything else. Mm. Um, I know just from being a dSA member, the big thing is to organize for mutual aid right now,
1: yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of that. I'm I'm in a Facebook group. Oh, and oh, by the way, this morning, bored and caffeinated, um, and missing being part of uh, an organization I I joined.
0: So you joined the oh, oh yeah, congrats, uh, welcome.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> they might see a spike in membership during this. I mean, because people yeah. looking to do things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I I think um um you know sometimes in in good say good times but in non-pandemic times i i sometimes scoffed a little bit at mutual aid not that it's like a bad thing and like not, and helping people in need is, is a bad thing but it seemed like sometimes and this is maybe my prejudice that you know the dsa was really good at fixing people's brake lights for free but like weren't like politically revolutionary enough right yeah but now when this pandemic hits you know it's you know, the value of that sort of thing is that much more pronounced.
0: Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it's like if somebody comes to a DSA brake light clinic, they walk away with brake lights, but do they walk away with any sort of political knowledge or, you know, any connection to the, the organization? That was always my question. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, like, how are we getting these people involved who just want to get their brake lights fixed? And, you know, it's not clear to me that they were able to do that. But um, I think with mutual aid during this, it's going to be like, people are going to remember, like, who are the groups that were in my community that were actually like delivering groceries or, you know, doing repairs or just giving cash payments out Mm. during this time. And if like the DSA or I don't know, any other left groups can sort of fill that void that might help to politicize a lot of people so we can actually have that movement whenever we're allowed to congregate again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing here and there, you know, um, some uh, like Rutgers DSA doing mutual aid and the, the mutual aid Facebook group that I'm a part of for Northern Jersey uh, was put together by two North Jersey DSAers. Like, like there's, there's, there's some rumblings, you know, there's some, there's some good stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think mutual aid is really all you can do right now.
1: I'm just wondering, you know, out loud, you know, what we've what we've had absent the systemic change that we've needed, whatever we do have in place for this sort of thing, when is it gonna get stretched to its limit? And what is that gonna look like? Right.
0: Know? So Yeah, I think absent of like a real social safety net in America, you just kind of have this hodgepodge. Of nonprofits, NGOs, and activist groups, mm-hmm. and you know clearly they don't have the capacity to. They can help a small amount of people during okay times, but during a crisis, they're not going to have the capacity to help everybody. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need to see new forms of organization take place. And also, I mean, it's unrealistic to think we can get through this just with some sort of like anarchist separatism. Like we do Mm. need the federal government to step in.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So let's talk about the positives. Okay. This has been, I have basically two mantras recently. One is it's going to be hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. And the other is, if it's bullshit now, it can be bullshit later. So let me tell you what, what I mean, right? And I'm sure you've been seeing some of this stuff yeah, too. Yeah, right? explain back to me. So I just saw today some, some people without homes took over vacants in Los Angeles. Trump's talking about at least temporary UBI and suspending evictions. Other localities have suspended evictions and foreclosures. New York State just suspended mortgage payments and any student loan debt that's been that's owed to them, to the state of New York, right? Not to the federal government. Philly said they're not doing low-level arrests. I saw some other place, you know, that um, was rethinking cash bail in these times. Basically, I, I guess my point is we're getting baby steps towards the world that we want out of this crisis and people aren't going to want to go back. They're not going to want to put the toothpaste <laughs> back in the tube, right? Not that I'm saying we're going <laughs> to be able to, to like you know get rid of rent and landlords overnight, right? But like we're starting to see certain things that we thought are you know unthinkable or thinkable. Certain things that are relevant and 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 permanent are perhaps arbitrary. you know So if it's bullshit now, why can't it be
0: bullshit later? Am I being too optimistic? I think that's really thoughtful analysis. It, it's optimistic, but I, I also think it's likely. I mean, why would we go back to just letting evictions happen after this? You know, say a year from now, things are kind of normal again, economies pick back up a little bit. Are we just going to be calling our local sheriff's offices and saying, hey, start evicting, do it mm. all over now? Mm. Same with like, you know, I've never seen a time in our lives when they've talked about just letting people out of prison or ice detentions.
1: Right. Yeah. I forgot that. They let these
0: people out. Are they just going to be like, all right, a year from now, we're going to round you back up and you're just going to go back in and and do Mm. the rest of your prison Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sentence. I guess I can't picture that happening. And the thing about like these universal programs, like if we get some form of UBI, um, we get mortgages, rent payments suspended. I, I don't think that'll be permanent. But if we get like a permanent ban just on evictions for a long time, the more universal these programs are, the harder, the more stable lives they become, and the more popular they become. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it is going to be hard to put the toothpaste back in the the toothpaste roll. Is that what you said? <laughs>
1: toothpaste back in the tube. In the tube. The tube. That's the word. Yeah. I'm looking for. <laughs> so what's it going to take then to make some of these changes stick and be more, more permanent. Cause it's not like overnight, you know, the state is going to say, Oh yeah, uh, uh, evictions, uh, who cares? Right. Like what are we going to have to do uh, on the grassroots to, to make this stick? You think I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, these are all fantastic questions. I'm trying to think of like something thoughtful
1: <laughs> to yeah.
0: say, I mean, everybody's home just all day, every day. You have all the free time in the world to uh, organize and to to talk about these things. There's no, Mm -hmm. most people aren't doing, a a large segment of our workforce is not doing real work right now. Um, You know, I can't speak for delivery drivers, cashiers, Mm -hmm, doctors, mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. but
0: there is a decent amount of white collar workers and I'm a public librarian. There's pretty much nothing I can do from home.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So we got all the time in the world to organize and and think of answers. (laughs) So I don't have an answer, but I'm just saying we have a shitload of time where a lot of us are just going to be sitting around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And we might come up with the answers during that time. Yeah. And we have zoom, right? And we got zoom, the needle holding this revolution together. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. When, when zoom, when zoom crashes, that's when the people will start, overturning cars and setting them on fire.
0: Yeah, that's when the rioting is gonna happen. Please do not <laughs> crash Zoom. We need you. You know it's it's so I got a question for you though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I am curious how online education is going and how you think this will go into the future. And if our kids taking it seriously, mm. um, do you think kids will just like lose interest at some point?
1: Is, yeah. So these are all things that I was wondering going into it. And I just held a live uh, office hours uh, this morning on Google meet where students could drop in and ask questions. And really it just turned into like a socialization, you know, because we're all isolated, but what I'm getting from what I'm seeing from students and what I'm hearing from adults is that the students are bored and lonely, you know, and some of them I think are using, the the work that we're giving them as a welcome distraction and i think others are like the world is ending this is bullshit why do i have to do this you know that's i think where the where the students are at but some of the students that are like you know super studious and plugged in and conscientious they're going to be now too it's just going to look different one thing that i've tried to do though is to make it manageable for them like have the stuff do at night um, have a check in for attendance between 8 a.m. and 2:33. Not like not the exact time my class would be meeting, because what we right. were told was to take into account, you know, that they have siblings who are going to be competing for computer time. Um, there's people who don't always have a good internet connection, even though the, our district gave out hotspots and Chromebooks and things like that. Like it's still tenuous for some people. Like people are we're going to need to be flexible, right? Yeah. Now, you mentioned, you asked about what it's going to look like for the future, right? So one of the fears that a couple of people have expressed to me is that if we do too good a job with this, oh. right, like, you know, it it's going to be, um, you know, they're either going to replace teachers or do more hybrid and where I'll have like 120 students in a class instead of like 25, you know? Oh, no. Um, right. And and so there's sort of a thought that some people have of like let's not do too good a job with this, <laughs> right? Like, That's let's,
0: hilarious because it's let's like not you be gotta all-stars. do enough. Yeah, it's like you want to, the kids to learn still, but you don't want it to be too efficient.
1: I mean, because if we if we if we demonstrate that using uh, EdPuzzle and FlipGrid and Google Classroom and all these things make us and and the in person experience obsolete you know you know I I don't know so like I think some people have a little bit too much of a fear of that like I I don't think that they're looking to like replace us with computer programs and just have us push buttons and post things and 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 that's it but what I'm gonna what I'm doing is trying to stay on the positive side just like I'm staying on the positive side with like the toothpaste and the tube I'm thinking when we do go back to in-person education, whether that's, you know, April, May or September, right, that I'm going to have a, a few more tools in my toolbox, you know, mm. to be more flexible with. And also, speaking of things that we can live without, like evictions and mortgage payments and that sort of thing, right, state standardized tests are pretty much going to be gone this year, right? Oh, yeah.
0: I can't picture that coming back. You're absolutely right
1: inflexibility on teacher's behalf when it comes to like lateness with work and things like that. Um, dumbass standards and objectives that that some people adhere to way too much and keep them in a box. Right. Like we've had to say like, well, we thought these things were relevant and permanent and useful. And well, look, we're we're, we're living without them, you know. And so I'm trying to stay on like the positive angle with it, not so much the like we're going to be replaced. Kind of thing, you know. It's a long answer. Yeah, I just want to that. add
0: one thing to that. I think whenever this ends, if it ends, there is going to be such a strong desire for human connection, and that's a social force. I don't think you're going to be able to fight. Hmm. I mean, I think people are going to want to be together in the physical presence of each other. You know, at the first opportunity, and. Even if the power, the ruling class and the powers that be and these charter school shitheads and standardized test writers want to bring it back. I think the social forces might just be so opposed to that,
1: mm. that
0: you're just going to have really meaningful in-person classroom instruction with some more tech tools in your kit, like you said, because you, you will pick up a lot of technology while doing mm. this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it, we're, we're social animals, right? And, like, as much as Zoom is going to improve my mental health by making me less isolated, like, yeah, I'm going to jump at the first opportunity to be, like, in physical space with people, you know, um, when it's safe.
0: Yeah. yeah. My prediction, very optimistic prediction, I think people are going to be fucking in the streets when this is over. <laughs> well, strangers people are-, are just going to be fucking in the middle of parks in the middle of roads in supermarkets everybody's just going to it's going to be a giant orgy everywhere
1: <laughs> people have predicted a baby boom out of this because people are kind of cooped up inside you know
0: yeah but for people who are single and cooped up there's going to be so much pent-up horniness that it's all going to have to come out
1: yeah yeah oh well, i just i just read uh that um since like in-person sex work is a little uh, more dangerous these days uh, that the the people who use uh, social media and online platforms are starting to see a spike in their business because people are a cooped up inside and B don't have the outlet for that they used to. So making some money.
0: Yeah, totally. This is a good time to be a cam girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're going to see the rise of that. It's a good time to be a phone sex operator. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to king sex so dramatically. It's going to be weird.
1: Yeah. going to have. There might z- be a
0: call for like more realistic sex robots now.
1: Yeah. But, but it's going to be dangerous to get them delivered. Right. I mean, so many hands have to touch it and stuff. Right.
0: Yeah. You'll have to sanitize that robot really well. <laughs> oh. uh. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, you know, um, what about zoom orgy?
0: Yeah, it probably already happened.
1: Yeah, probably. It probably
0: already has. It probably, I have not participated or been invited to one, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your local BDSM kink group can't meet, got to do it on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Zoom is saving the world right now. Yeah, uh, I upgraded, you know, to get more uh, time because with the free one, you only get 40 minutes or whatever, so. I, I upgraded to get more time in case I need to host anything with, with people, you know, and um, I don't know. Like, I just, I just hope their infrastructure holds up.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know that was the max. I've never done a Zoom call longer than 40 minutes, I think, so I've never experienced that.
1: hmm Yeah. And and I can have up to 100 people in a meeting, too, so there's your orgy.
0: Damn. Yeah, you can get them nice and big.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I couldn't fit 100 people for an orgy in my apartment. so. It's true, right? Just to scale it.
1: It's, it's going to improve things
0: so, so much. What are you up
1: to the rest of the day?
0: Um, well, I've got all the free time in the world. I give my parents a, a call usually around 5 or 6. But other than that, I mean, just books, movies, video games, play guitar, hug mm. my cat. All yeah, I can I'm- do.
1: I'm struggling with uh, uh, ch- for trying to focus to read or to watch like anything bingey. Um, I find myself not not being able to focus and, and pay attention. But I go through stretches like that,
0: you know. Yeah, um, I have not been able to focus on anything yet. Um, I feel like the longer we do this, the easier it will be to focus.
1: Mm.
0: Right now, with it being so new, it's really hard.
1: Anything good that you've, uh, in, in the time that you have focused, that you've read or watched, that you can recommend?
0: Um, Yeah, The Plot Against America on HBO. Okay. First episode. It's based on a uh, Philip Roth novel. And it's about an alternate reality where instead of FDR getting elected president in 1940, Charles Lindbergh does.
1: Oh.
0: And Lindbergh is a Nazi sympathizer and a fascist. And, uh, I read the book a long time ago. The book was really good.
1: Hmm. Well, there was,
0: remember,
1: um, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say when Trump first got elected, a lot of people were making comparisons to that book.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there was the, something called the, uh, the business plot when FDR mm-hmm. was, uh, was president and they, uh, there were some like quasi fascist, like business leaders wanted to like have a coup to get rid of FDR and what's funny is they made a weird choice for the person they wanted to sort of conduct it. It was a guy by the name of Smedley, Smedley Butler. Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who like you know was kind of on the record as saying like you know as a Marine I was a gangster for capitalism. Like what made them think he was gonna? I, that's the one twist. I yeah. don't know too much about it, but that one twist is like why would they think he'd be into it? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Very strange.
1: Well, you know maybe we need a coup now. I don't know.
0: <laughs> let's get that UBI first. Let's, yes. get that, yeah. let's get those Andrew Yang bucks in our hands. <laughs> Yang gang.
1: Um, you know, but I also have seen the, the, you know, the conservatives say like, well, if he's not your president, then I hope you don't cash that check.
0: Well, to be real, I'm in a better financial situation than probably 75% of the country. Yeah. I am most likely going to donate my check if we get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I was thinking of too, was I, I, I just recently got some lawsuit money at a raise. So like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not hurting as much as I used to. And, um, I've made like hella donations to like animal orgs and political stuff and that sort of thing. And, and, um, I was thinking, like, what would I do if I just got this, like, $1,000 check? You know, like, uh, would I just, like, run out and spend it? No, I don't think so. I think I would probably use it as an opportunity to say, well, who needs it more? Right.
0: Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of, you know, I consider myself comfortably middle class, um, especially living with my partner who makes very good money. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, we will you know, we're not going to need a thousand extra bucks to get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope there's, I think you'll see an outpouring of solidarity among a lot of people who are at least comfortably middle class, who will just be like, yeah, we're just going to find some somewhere good to put this thousand dollars. That might even just be giving it to a friend or family member who needs yeah. it way more than I do. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's why I think like the idea of memes testing it is so disgusting because even if comfortable people like myself, or people even much more comfortable than me, get it. It's like, yeah, just give it, fucking give it away, then. <laughs> Be a decent human being, give it away.
1: Devil's advocate, though. Like, you know, we could save a whole lot of money not giving it to billionaires who probably wouldn't give it away. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. Buy like a gold plated ice cream sundae or some shit.
0: That's true. I think there's a logic to making it universal, even including billionaires, is Mm -hmm. just like the staying power of the thing. Like billionaires can get Medicare, they can go to public libraries, they can send their kids to public schools. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think the idea of a universal program is, you know, just make it available to everybody because that's the most, the best way to make it work and the way to make it stick and last.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. That's and then, if, you know,
0: some fuckhead, if Jeff Bezos doesn't want to give away his thousand bucks, you know, he's already going to hell. So
1: Right, yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah.
1: He's going to taste so good when this is done.
0: <laughs> he He's kind of weird looking and skinny. I wish he was a little bit plumper.
1: Mm, yeah, but just knowing, you know, just knowing it's him. It's going to taste good. Yeah. Are you going to uh, hop on that 830 call tonight or?
0: Yeah. I, I'm planning on it. You know, there's always a chance. I'm just like not in the mood at eight 30, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think, I think it might help focus me on some tasks to do while, you know, we're quarantining. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Point me in a good direction to like donate a little money, any good mm mutual aid funds or any programs going on.
1: I think too, like um, one thing that I was talking to somebody about the other day and they are like, Oh, there's a call about that tonight um you know like what are the people's demands for the crisis and shortly after you know you know what 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 is our our 10 point program right you know or so to speak right you know like uh medicare for all an end to evictions like like what what are we demanding who's out there like circulating that widely and so somebody was like oh there's a call about that tonight you should hop on so okay.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds great. I mean, now, like I said earlier, now's the time to do it. We got all the time in the world to yeah. come up with all these demands. Um, and then hopefully, I don't know if it's going to look like another Occupy encampment. It could be something even more militant and, organize- and better organized than Occupy, hopefully.
1: Mm, yeah, I um, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. You're 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 giving me a little hope, comrade. I was really bummed out this morning, but uh, I I love your perspective. I gotta say,
1: I, I'm trying. I'm you know talk to me. You're, in, you're a wise in a man, month. Brian.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> talk to me in a month when uh, I'm clawing at the walls and I'm eating my dog's dog food. You know I don't know, but uh, for now, for now I'm remaining
0: optimistic. That's great. Yeah. Are you on Twitter? Any social media? Just like. Twitter is full of doom every time I go on Twitter I get I leave it terrified
1: I don't go on twitter i have I have a Twitter but I don't go on it much I just would for whatever reason the the aesthetic and the the way it flows I just never really got too too into it. I much prefer things like Facebook and Instagram but um i, I don't I don't find those so so doomy I find uh, I find some good articles and some funniness on there some humor
0: you know? yeah. I mean, there is some good left organizing going on just on Twitter, too, but uh, it's a lot of doomsday shit.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, people people cope with things differently, and um, you know, I don't know. I think I'd rather have somebody be too stressed out about it than not stressed enough about it. Because the people who are are saying, like, oh, they're making such a big deal out of the they're the people that are going out and fucking spreading it you know <laughs> i'd rather right, right. i'd rather have chicken little stay home and lock the doors
0: yeah that's what uh one of those top epidemiologists was just like you know if we overreact that's good because i don't know. overreacting will save lives and it'll feel like we overreacted because not a lot's happened
1: yeah and in some ways we won't know that we overreacted if things go well, but we sure as hell will know if we underreacted, right? Definitely. And, uh, you know, so that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell people is, because my students are like, is this really that big a deal? And I'm like, cause a couple of them were like, you know, I don't know, is this like the flu? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> at the very least, just you can't fault people for being overcautious. And I'd rather have them be overcautious than under-cautious.
0: Yeah, that is a good thing to say to kids. You know, right before I, uh, I had to close down the library on Saturday and I was just telling a lot of the, you know, we have a lot of kids that come every single day Mm -hmm. to hang out there. And I was telling a lot of the kids, you know, we wouldn't be open. And um, yeah, a lot of them didn't really seem to, I mean, a lot of them are younger than your students, a lot of elementary school kids. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them didn't really understand Or, you know, they didn't have any sense of urgency at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was supposed to close it up by by 3 o'clock. And there were still kids just lingering and, like, playing. And normally, if I'm just working a regular shift, it's not a big deal. I'm not like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. But this was, like, the first time I was like, no, you guys really got to get out of here today. Like, this is not just a regular weekend where we close. Mm -hmm. This is, like, something entirely different. And you know you just you're gonna have to go home or at least go outside, and I'm not gonna be able to explain it well to you. But you're gonna have to talk to your parents, or and just you know figure it out.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I've wondered is how are people talking to little ones about this? Because I deal with teenagers, and then I go I go home to an empty uh, apartment except for me and the dogs. Right, so. How, like how do you talk to a, like a five-year-old about this? You know, I don't know. That's got to be difficult, right?
0: The article I read said when talking to the little ones, make it seem like it's a good thing. Be like, you know, we can't go outside or do as much as we used to do in the library or at your school, but now is a time where we get to spend more time together at home and you mm. get to do more of your favorite things here inside the house if you kind of just frame it as a fun thing, you know that might help kids adjust
1: hmm, yeah, actually speaking of fun, hold on one sec i'll be I'll be right back so because uh cyber capitalism and Instagram advertising work on me uh I bought a couple uh like games, one of them i, I unfortunately is still stranded in the school building uh but this other one is called one gotta go, and it's you're you're given four things. And you gotta get rid of one of them. Okay. Like, be able to live without one of them. Let me see if I can we're gonna play and I'm gonna find one.
0: Alright, I'm excited for this.
1: Uh I've actually this has been my attendance with students is the last couple of days. Um uh okay, are you you like movies? Uh sure. Like like uh um Big budget movies, like blockbusters, like uh, Batman and Avengers and Lord of the Rings and shit?
0: Yeah, sure. I'll probably know them.
1: Okay. So, one gotta go. The Dark Knight trilogy, the Avengers movies, the Lord of the Rings movies, or the Harry Potter movies?
0: Oh, definitely the Harry Potter movies.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty easy one for me, too. Not a huge fan of, of really any of those, but yeah, no, that one's gotta go. Yeah, right. not a big
0: fan either. But uh, why would you say Harry Potter?
1: Um, just uh, I, I just think it's the corniest and most useless out of all of them. I don't know. You know, I haven't seen any of the Avengers movies though, so I, I don't. I don't know.
0: Uh, there's something weird about how liberals compare everything to Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> oh I'm yeah, I'm very disturbed by it. Those like those Warren supporters who are like,
0: literally Hermione
1: is running for president. How can you not vote for her?
0: Yeah, it's like every character, every person running in 2020 had to be some sort of Harry Potter character. I was just like, don't you guys have any other reference point besides Harry Potter? TV. All right, I'm ready.
1: I think this one's going to be This one would be pretty easy for me, even though I love all of them. The Wire, Breaking Bad, Narcos, or Game of Thrones. One gotta go.
0: Ooh, you know, I haven't seen Narcos, and I did not watch Game of Thrones either. And I haven't seen The Wire. What? The only one of those I've seen is Breaking Bad. What? Yeah, is that weird? the,
1: The Wire?
0: no what what
1: okay so now that you're uh, social distancing and home all day you you have to binge The Wire
0: yeah I've heard a lot of good things I just haven't been a big prestige TV binge watch guy
1: the, the Wire was actually on during like the six years that I didn't have any TV that I was only like DVDs and music and that kind of shit but I went back and watched it like I watched it like once every year so just like it's so good so so which one would you get rid of, then? The Wire, Breaking Bad, Narcos, or Game of Thrones?
0: You know, people have talked to me the least about Narcos. Yeah. I feel like that has the least devoted fan base out of those four. So I'll just get rid of that one.
1: Yeah. I, I Like I said, I loved all four of them, but Narcos was uh, short-lived and uh, not as good as these other three, you know?
0: Yeah, I know nothing about it. Is it like a drug dealer show? Yeah, so
1: the first couple seasons are based on the true story of the pursuit of uh, Pablo Escobar.
0: Oh, okay, it's that show.
1: It's based on um, a book that one of the DEA dudes wrote. And then I think the third season was the Cali Cali cartel that took over kind of after Escobar died. And then this last one was just based on Mexico and I didn't watch the Mexico one, so. Mm. Okay, a couple more. You ready? Yeah. Oral sex. (laughs) Free gas for life. Good sleep. Hot showers. One gotta go.
0: Oh. I could live without hot showers.
1: Interesting. Okay. Explain.
0: I would, I mean, well, I don't drive, so, mm. but I would get a car if I got free gas.
1: See, now I was going to say like, listen, I'll pay for my gas. There's no way I'm going without sex, sleep, and hot showers. I'll pay for my gas.
0: Actually, yeah. No, I mean, I'd like to continue living without a car, take public transit. So yeah, yeah I'll get rid of the free gas too.
1: Okay. Last one. Your bed... Your bathroom, your phone, or your laptop. One got to go.
0: Ooh, I do not have a laptop anymore.
1: As much as I, as much time as I spend on my laptop, I would have to say, I ain't giving up my bed. I'm pooping indoors with plumbing. My phone is just has too much stuff on it where I keep in touch with people. It would have to be the laptop. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, the only two rational choices are laptop or phone because you need a bathroom and a bedroom to live. Uh, You'd be surprised what some people would say. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not shitting in a bucket.
1: (laughs) All right. uh, So here's one that I have no idea what's going on. One got to go. Future, Migos, Gucci Mane, or Young Thug?
0: I'm not cool enough to even know. You know, I've heard of all those people, but I'm not cool enough to like pick any of them out of a lineup. Mm. Recognize the song. They're all artists, musicians.
1: Yeah. All in the hip hop sort of world there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm so out of that world and uncool. Mm. I don't think I could recognize any of their songs. Um, No,
1: if they fell on top of me, I wouldn't know who they were.
0: I wouldn't know who they were. Um, Gookie Main? I mean that's kind of a dumb name.
1: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> let's get ri- Gookie, Gookie let's get it. rid of let's get rid of him because he's got the dumbest name.
0: He's got the worst name.
1: Okay, he's gotta go. Get rid All of right.
0: him. Oh, oh, oh.
1: Some of these are like I would not use them with students because like one of them was like, which like of your senses would you like to lose? And that to me is like a little ableist. I don't know, like it just seems a little like yeah, icky. Like, you know, yeah. like some people don't have a fucking choice in that. And why are we even bothering to talk about that? But I just pulled one out. Islam, Christianity, Judaism, or Buddhism. <laughs> Let's yeah. get rid of an entire world faith, right? Oh, definitely Christianity.
0: <laughs> you know, I I was going to say, and I'm glad you did. <laughs> That's by far the most obvious, I think. I mean, what has what done most? all relations to some level of have, you know, fucked up the world in some way. Um, Christianity the most. At the longest track record, we got the receipts. Yeah, it's been, a, well, actually, Judaism is the, the
1: oldest. Well, I mean, a track, uh, re- track record of, like, being evil.
0: Yeah, Christianity's been evil for longer.
1: Uh, okay. Okay. Ed Sheeran, Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, or Bruno Mars?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Justin Bieber seems like the biggest piece of shit.
1: Yeah, he seems the most like a useless waste of oxygen compared to the others, I guess. Right?
0: Ed Sheeran, I think, is a very nice young man. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know I think he for campaigned that, I think. for Jeremy Corbyn, so that gives him
1: oh, a little okay.
0: boost yeah. in my book. There you go. I think well, he was in, like, a Corbin ad or something. Bringing it full circle back
1: to left politics. All right, so, uh, word association. <laughs> All right, bring it on. Coronavirus. Hell. Um, social distancing. Uh, depression. Mutual aid. Good. Donald Trump.
0: Uh, Crazy.
1: Medicare for all. Vital. Bernie Sanders. Still good. Joe Biden. (laughs) Barf. Uh, Toilet paper. Your butt. (laughs) <laughs> how how well stocked are you on toilet paper
0: pretty i i have a particularly poopy butthole so mm. uh I, I made sure we were well stocked
1: mm. yeah we're gonna have very clean asses when the apocalypse happens
0: cleanest butts all around
1: mm-hmm. i i read today that if we switched to bidets we could save 15 million trees a year
0: holy shit mm-hmm. And a bidet cleans your butthole probably even better than toilet paper, right?
1: I I once heard somebody compare cleaning your butt with toilet paper to rubbing Vaseline on a bare rug. Really? Yeah. So, I don't know.
0: Wow, well, that must be a lifelong bidet user.
1: Yes. Well, just like the lack of universal health care, the United States is... Number one in lack of bidets.
0: Well, I think we're all going to be rethinking how we wipe our butts. I mean, there's just a lot of time to think about things and to uh, re-examine our everyday habits. And, you know, the wiping of the anus, that may be something everybody's just like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Why do we wipe the paper? I,
1: you know what's funny? I Speaking of Instagram marketing, I saw for the first time uh, like self-install bidet, get advertised on Instagram. I know it's really? because of all the toilet paper shortages that are going on. They're trying to capitalize on it. I know it.
0: Oh, yeah. The bidet industry, they're making their moves. Whoever is the CEO of bidets, he's like, now's our time to fucking shine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now's our time to make your ass shine.
0: To Make your ass shine.
1: Okay. So I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. I got to get my dogs walked anyway, so... I appreciate uh, the, the human interaction and uh, yeah and, totally, Comrade. and maybe I'll see you on the DSA call tonight and if not we should do this again
0: yeah absolutely I got all the time in the world I mean you, you got a class to teach still I don't yeah, So yeah. uh anytime you want to do this again just uh, shoot me a text
1: okay sounds great
0: all right you made me feel a lot better
1: I'm glad I'm uh, that's it and that's no, it not something that people often say about me <laughs>
0: No, the bottom, bottom right moment to the very dark world for me.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. That's what, right. what we got to do these days. Take care,
0: Comet. We'll talk soon.
1: Okay, see you later. So there you have it, just a quick conversation between two cranky, isolated, tired pinkos. Hopefully do a few more of these uh, during the duration of however long this is going to be. Um, probably a couple more corona casts for you coming up everybody uh stay safe